Hello, folks. This is your host, Ellie Tascari, welcoming you to Faith Uncensored. Today, you will hear stories of real people who step by faith into the footprints of Jesus. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, folks, and welcome to another amazing episode here with your host, Haley, and Faith Uncensored. With Faith is Really Uncensored, we're going to be bold talking about our faith today. And uh, I'm glad to introduce you to Gideon and Sarah Stanley, very good friends, pastors in a church in Stafford, right? And also involved with the revival movement that is happening around town. And uh, they have so many interesting stories to share with us, testimonies, and uh, a very nice prophetic perspective, right? So welcome, uh, Gideon. Welcome, Sarah. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us, uh, Ellie. And so good to be on the show with you guys. Okay. Hi, Sarah. (laughs) Yes, Ellie. Really uh, look forward to this time together. Okay. Good, good. So uh, just, just uh, it's going to be just a relaxed conversation today. So, and I hope you really can share what's going on. So you are pastors of a church in Stafford. Did I say we, it correctly? Yeah, we are actually, we moved from Stafford last year. We've uh-huh. been in Stafford about 14 years, but we, last year we moved to the Richmond area. Okay, 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 good. So you're closer to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, but is the church still there? Your pastoring still there, yeah, or the we're church is church in Richmond? Yeah, we okay. have in Richmond, and uh-huh. of course, we also work with the prayer movement called I Pray. Okay. Um, you know, we've been doing I Pray on campus, which is mostly focused on young people, building campuses. You know, prayers on prayer cells on campuses, mm. and then of course with COVID, all these things. You know, we've been also involved in a lot of prayer for the nation with the election that happened last year. We started praying nonstop for 40 days, nonstop prayer. From September 26th to November 4th, and okay. over 100 churches participated. And then we continued that prayer all till today, every day, uh, two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening. And there's a two-hour Zoom call uh, from a ministry partnership from India. It's all praying for the nation of America, and uh, so that's been also all prayer related. Okay, okay. So for for you guys that are, you're listening. Uh, Gideon is Indian. Now, Sarah said you are American, right? Right. Okay, okay, okay. So they're, they're beautiful, really. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so Gideon is Indian. What, what's your background a little bit? So um, so my mom and dad, they were born in India, mm-hmm. but um, my dad, um, uh, mo- mom moved to Ethiopia as teachers. And in Ethiopia, there was a move of God among the young people. And my dad was kind of thrown into the revival that mm-hmm. happened in in, uh, in Ethiopia. And I was actually born uh, in the midst of the revival. My dad always talks about how Gideon was born in the midst of the revival and how he got the name of Gideon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me as I was uh, as I was born. And so early days, you know, um, we lived in, 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 uh, in Ethiopia. And then my dad was, uh, the Lord told my dad to go back to India because there was a move of God coming to India. Mm-hmm. In the early 70s, uh, you know, we as kids, we did not want to go back to India. My mom, my sister and I, we were just totally, because all my friends, they were all coming to America, and then we are going uh-huh. back the other way, you know, oh. from Africa. So we said, no, we don't want to go to India. But my dad mom, they we came to India, uh-huh. and my dad worked among the villages, and, you know, there was a tremendous prayer movement in India called All Night Prayer Movement. Uh, three of the leaders got together and started this uh, thing. My dad was one of the leaders that was uh, has been part of that from the beginning of the all-night prayer movement, which became a huge uh, move of God all across India. So that's kind of my upbringing. I came to the United States to study. Uh, I did my computer science, as all other Indians do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, we started, and I did my software engineering, and then... And started my own software company. <laughs> so. Ah, okay. So you okay? You've been having your company for a long time, though. Yeah. Ah, I see. And Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I grew up uh, near Canada in Minnesota. Oh, you're from Minnesota. I didn't yes. know that. So that's where I that's where I grew up. Spent you know all my life there, and then um, was very involved um, in music from mm-hmm. a young age and so that was always my life and then also um as i grew up i had a grandmother who was um just a solid you know believer in the lord and so she really she's the one who taught me about jesus oh and so from a young age i had that that sense of a relationship you know with jesus and so gideon and i actually met up in up in minnesota especially in those days you were either lutheran or catholic okay and so 
there there weren't a lot of uh, other kinds of churches there, but um, but even within that Lutheran church, there were some people that were very had a living faith. So we actually met at Luther College, Ganita and I, when oh. we were students. Yeah, so. nice. And Sarah actually uh, wanted to be a Lutheran pastor, so and that's how we ended up being coming to Houston from Minnesota. Okay. Um, Sarah got a job. You want to say that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so part of your your um, seminary training is that you have to do an internship at a church. We had just been married for like a year mm-hmm. or less than a year, and um, and so you know I was applying for internships because you have to do this to finish your degree, right? Mm-hmm. And so applied for internships, but everything I applied for, I didn't get accepted anywhere. And and so finally the school said, well. Um, there's a couple spots open in other places, but you ha- y'all have to be ready oh, wow. to move. <laughs> From so Minnesota. that's how we came to Houston. Wow, that's uh-huh. a big change. Yeah. <laughs> big, big change. Mm-hmm. The weather, especially yeah. the food, mm-hmm. the people. Well, well, so um, let me say, you know, that I, I keep um, I keep participating in this uh, revival events or events, outdoor events or revival for the survival or um, participated once in, he, in one of the prayer meetings, the prayer events that Gideon or, is organizing. And so I had the chance to meet you guys and um, and I keep seeing you in this event. So what's going on? Do you do you want to share something about what do you think is going on with Houston and all this revival? Is this the revival or is just this going to fade or is just just a moment? Is it what's going on? You know, we've been in Houston over 20 plus years. We moved here in 90, uh, 97. Uh, so over 20 plus years, right? But in 2000 is when we really, uh, I started getting involved in the move of God across this region. 2001, we started a ministry for the young people. Um, and over the years, we have uh, really been uh, working with Pastor Doug. Doug has been very key in bringing a lot of the churches together to do United Prayer. I think in, in Houston is very unique in that there is so much unity in Houston, being such a large city, mm-hmm. fourth largest city in the U.S., but every ministry will know of other ministries, every prayer ministry especially there's so much relationship within the body of christ in houston unlike any other city Mm -hmm. you know people that come from other cities that i have friends in other cities they'll be like wow you guys are so connected so there's tremendous Mm -hmm. things that's really happening in houston uh, that's very unique especially being such a diverse city you know yes and so there's so many uh things that's happening in houston that's really for god's move of god in houston um and one a couple things that really strike stands out for me is um, William Seymour came out of Houston. He lived in Alvin, you know, and he was going to school in Alvin, and he could not be here because of the racial tensions during that time. And, you know, he had to move to um, L.A., and that's where the move of God happened. Many people say, we missed that move of God, mm-hmm. you know, those days. And I believe uh, I believe that God is restoring that, you know, bringing yeah. that back, you know. So, And even us coming to Houston was very significant, we were wanting to go back to Minnesota. Every six months, uh, we'll, really, we'll renew the release. The yeah. lease people kept asking, saying, why don't you just do one year lease? No, we're going to go back. You know, we're <laughs> going to go back. So but the end of third year, we said, man, we've been three years, you know, already uh-huh. has finished her, uh, you know, her internship. Everything was, she was an associate pastor's Lutheran church, finished it, but we could not go back. Something uh-huh. kept us behind. So there's definitely a, a, a stirring wow. of the move of God that has been happening um, across this region. And uh, the other thing I feel personally, I've seen to a certain extent, I've seen the move of God in India as kids. You know, we would mm-hmm. go, uh, my dad was well known for all night prayers. So we would always, you know, my mom would always take us as kids and take them to these night prayers. But we'll be on the floor sleeping or, you know, but she no would. IPad yeah, no iPads in those days. They took us everywhere, so we were part of what was what was going on in those early days. In those early days in India, there were like two, three thousand people would come together and pray, and they thought it was a big deal in, mm-hmm. because you know three thousand people praying all night, and my dad would lead a lot of these prayers. And there were two other significant leaders. His name was Dinakran. He's like the Billy Graham of India, and tremendous leaders that were like you know spearheading that. And uh, but what we saw in those days. Uh, is nothing compared to what's happening now. Now, when the leaders call for prayer gatherings, there are 200,000, 300,000 people show up for the gatherings. I was so, in so a, this is India. This is India today, you know, in this wow. days, yeah. 
So the prayer movement just spear, you know, went off into an you know, incredible way. And a few years back, we would take every year we would take teams from here to India in you know before mm-hmm. COVID and all that, and do like mission trips. Mm-hmm. And one time I remember very specifically that uh, we were doing a youth event, and I told the youth pastors, "Let's do a youth event. We're going to bring this band. You know, we've done a lot of stadium events in India." And so the pastor, uh, this guy said, came and told me, no, let's not call it youth event, call it prayer event. I mm-hmm. said, no, it's going to be a youth event. He said, no, if you put youth event, people don't show up these days. If you put prayer, they'll all show up. You wow. know? So it was the like opposite, the opposite, opposite of America. You know? <laughs> Say prayer, nobody's going to show up. So it's, yeah, the thing yeah. is, what happened was that the uh-huh. prayer, it broke the realm of the spirit yeah, in the heavens. Yeah, this is what I wanted know? to ask you. It looks like prayer is the foundation was the for India was the foundation of the revival or what brought 200,000 people to the events today yeah. prayer and and this the event that we were in you know Sarah and I were there we were on the stage it started at nine o'clock in the morning and the leader who was leading it was there at nine o'clock and I came in about 9 15 you know but I was so shocked these people there's thousands of people sitting there and nobody's getting up. And I'm like, I want to go to the bathroom. I want to get some coffee. I want to get some tea. Uh-huh. But nobody's getting up, you know, and I'm feeling bad. I'm like, how can I get up, you know? Till nine o'clock at night. I mean, the place was packed and people were just like, everybody's like so focused on prayer. It was just unbelievable, wow. you know? Wow. So you can tell that the power of prayer had broken the realm in the heavenly realms, that people were just so hungry for God. And even, you know, sometimes when I'm praying in the U.S., you know, when I'm praying in my home, it takes so long to break through in the realm of the Spirit. You go to India, you pray, and suddenly you hear, yes. heaven is open. Wow. And you can hear the voice of God. It's like, you know. Decades of prayer. Prayer, exactly. Decades of prayer. You're right. Sometimes it takes time to, uh, I know when I lead the worship or uh, prayer meetings or something, you really feel the tension and the the, the sky is still closed and then you have your breakthrough, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So prayer, guys, we need to pray. (laughs) We need to pray. We need to be focused and dedicated to pray for the country. And uh, going back a little bit to what you talked about, about William Seymour when he came to Houston. So, you know, I was reading a little bit about his story a couple of months ago, the, the whole story. And I was researching, you know, because some say this, some say that. So, but, but it's all um, details. Really, it feels like we missed mm-hmm. the opportun- mm-hmm. an opportunity, a great opportunity with all the racial issues that were here and, uh, mm-hmm. and the issues that he had with that his pastor that brought him to to um, California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Azusa Street. Mm-hmm. And they had this huge movement and uh, we didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but God is a restorer. Amen. God yeah. is a restorer. Amen. And I think I'm reminded of something that Gideon's father would often say because, you know, Gideon's father was really part of, of this move of God in India. And so, you know, he will often say, he said, you know, there are many things that you do to kind of prepare for God's move. But he said, when God moves, God is the one who's moving. Yeah, It's, it's his sovereign. It's, it's yes. his sovereign move. Like mm-hmm. when he moves, nobody can stop it. Amen. And so, and so a lot of what we've done is important as preparation, mm-hmm. but there is, I mean, it's, it's God's move. Amen. Amen. So. And that brings us a lot of comfort because mm-hmm. it, uh, it seems like you have to work it out. You have to do something, you know, and we're never ready enough or we're never doing enough. You move here because you want to move here and you have compassion mm-hmm. for our country, for our land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, I, you know, when we were at the Sean con- Sean's concert couple mm-hmm. uh, last Friday, the Friday before, you know, I really felt there was such a breakthrough, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think these breakthroughs need to continue to keep happening that, you know, continue happening on a regular basis so that the heaven gets open. Because what happens is, like when, when 2015, when, uh, when um, uh, the pastor came from uh, Germany, Pastor Reinhard Bonke, mm-hmm. there was an open heaven for evangelism. There was so much prayer. Mm-hmm. And in 2011, when, when we had a huge prayer gathering in um, Reliance Stadium, by the governor of Texas, you know, Governor mm-hmm. Perry, there was a huge move of God. 80 pastors were praying regularly at that time, and there was tremendous uh, breakthrough at that time. But mm-hmm. what we need to do is we need to continue to keep breaking through, breaking through mm-hmm. that. That'll be an open heaven, you know. Yeah. Then you can, the enemy cannot close things down. But I definitely felt such a sense of excitement being at the Sean's concert because mm-hmm. what was unique about that one was there was prayer, there was worship, but at the same time, 
people were like just having a good time you know there were food trucks outside and it reminded mm -hmm. me of india you know yeah. that's what would happen we'd have hundred thousand people and people would be like you know there'll be like people on the sidelines they'll be eating and then kids are playing and when people are getting saved people are getting baptized you know uh -huh. it just gave you a sense of the move of god because when wow. revival you know we talk about revival different things you know but what from my perspective what i've seen in india there's so much joy there's so much like there's a peace and people are, they don't want to leave the place because the presence of God is there. You know, mm -hmm. that night I was leaving at 9.30 and I could not leave that place. We were just talking yes. to people. You are so it, right. You know? We had to leave. So we forced ourselves out of that place. Yes. Because we had the kids home and babysitter needed to go. But yes, yes, we felt that presence of God in, in, in the beauty of doing life together and spending time together. Yeah, it's not yeah. just a, a moment meeting, of worship. Yeah. yeah, it's not a meeting. Uh, it's just a life together with other Christians, other brothers and sisters in the faith. So, Amen. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was really I felt nice. was a sense of what I've seen in India, where mm. people are just like you know eating and you know it's not just wow. about just the church meeting alone, but also relationship, fellowship, and you know God's building huh. the body of Christ together. He's bringing unity. There's so much you know. I mean, people are laughing. We were like you know I was watching Pastor Ron baptizing these people, uh -huh. and they were like we were all outside, and and her name is Shaheen. She was. She was going on preaching to some people there, and, and they were like, yes, I'm going to go baptize, you know. So uh, it was just beautiful. It was wow. just such a peace, and the kids were playing there. It was mm -hmm, just a, mm -hmm. you could sense the, the, that there was a peace of God, the presence of God, and that's what it is. You know, my grandfather, um, just to kind of go a little bit back, my grandfather was the first, what they call as Church of God in Christ in India. You know, this is before Assemblies of God. They were the first tongue-talking church, they called it, a you know. Tongue-talking. <laughs> you know? So, you know, those before that, there was pretty much just a regular, yeah. Main, mainstream and but my grandfather's field they had a farm and they said the field that my grandfather had their uh their um they would uh they would grow these uh uh kind of uh it's like uh, uh chilies you know like mm -hmm. uh, cajun chilies like that you know but they would say it'll be the twice the size of every other uh chili that you would see in the market Wow. So when they took it to the field, when they took it to the market to sell, people from other states and other cities would come. They would be looking for my grandfather's chilies because that would be so huge. It'll be like compared to they would be like, wow. this guy. He, you know, he is doing like everybody else, the same, you know, seeds they're sowing, but his chilies are like twice the size oh, the and he's getting twice the money, you know. Yeah. So that was the presence of God that comes and transforms wow. everything. It wow. was not just transforming just like, you know, you're having good old church day. No, no, it's way beyond church. It's people mm -hmm. affecting, it's affecting the way we do things, the way we sow things and what we're getting from the ground is being blessed. That's Hallelujah. what revival is, you know. Hallelujah. So this is before... All these people started talking. I was like, you know, we heard the stories as children from my father and, you know, from my, my my parents. My uncles would always talk about how our, you know, our fields were the best. And my grandfather would give small portions of the field to the people that are poor people to come and sow their own thing and have, mm -hmm. you know. So it was, when God moves, it's like a total, he's touching every aspect of the nation. He's touching the sinner. He's touching the saints. He's touching every one of us. And that's a sovereign move, you know. A lot of times there's more of God's happening that's you know our church gets bigger uh we're getting more people great you know but it's not a sovereign move where the whole city a whole nation is being touched and that's what uh, i believe is real uh, move of real. god a revival Amen. so so if you if you compare what we're seeing in houston you know and what happened in india we're still not there it looks like we, we're not there <laughs> if you have to ask are we having revival we're not having it yet <laughs> I would are we say <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> no, but I, I definitely believe that we have come a long way from what I've seen mm -hmm. for the from the 20 years that we worked, you know, with Pastor Doug and all of them. We've seen come a long way. I feel like I was telling you these breakthroughs are happening because, you know, one, two weeks before that, before Sean came, Friday before we had Eddie James that weekend. And mm -hmm. that was a breakthrough service, you know, because we talked about healing of the African-American community specifically, wow. you know. And I was sharing about things happening within the elections and all that and what happened, why there's a disconnect with the African-American community. So there was a healing. He was talking about healing. Hallelujah. The week before that, they had the Eastern Gate gathering. Five days of the week, right? Or seven, seven days of the week is nice weather. But that Friday night, they said there's going to be a storm. 
storm and there's going to be thunderstorm and uh-huh. all these things, you know. You know that the demonic was against that event that night. But I'm thank God for this leaders, pastors from the East State. They said, we are not stopping anything. We're going to continue to press through. And mm-hmm. guess what? It did not rain a bit on that night, you know. Hallelujah. And so I feel like those people, each one of us playing our part, is breaking the strongholds of darkness in that region Amen. and releasing the presence of God into the city. Amen. So I felt very strongly. I, I wrote to Pastor Bob. I said, you know, what you did, you might not understand, but you guys were doing that. We were on a Zoom call watching this. From 10 o'clock, they finished it. We kept praying till 12 o'clock at night. The presence of God was there, you know. And, you know, because of what one man and one family, one ministry, they mm-hmm. obeyed God. And and they said, we're not going to stop because of rain. We're going to kind of press through. And they people didn't show up, you know. But they were there pressing through. And there was a breakthrough, I felt, that I was helping all of us. The next weekend, we are doing something that's helping the city. Then Sean comes. So like that, I think every everyone playing a part, doing mm-hmm. each piece is going to help us all come into a different level. And there's going to be a you know, breakthrough that will totally shift the atmosphere in this region. Because everyone pushing against the powers of darkness, because what we are fighting against is not man, flesh, and but we are fighting as demonic yeah. strongholds that's been here. They don't want to move out of the region. And God's yeah. people, we have to come in, stand our ground and push the works of darkness Amen. out. Amen. Amen. Well, we should, shouldn't compare, first of all, of course, you know. But if we see uh, other other revival ev- situations in other country, maybe we are not there yet, but that's the direction that mm-hmm. we took, we're taking, and we're going in the right direction. And um, even as a church, you know, I, I attend a, a church here um, uh, in Sugarland, and we see that when we have this prayer meetings event we are experiencing revival mm. because the atmosphere shifts exactly there is a shift in an atmosphere and the presence of god comes down so heavy mm-hmm. but um i'm saying it's a pocket of revival it's a moment of revival because like you're saying the revival is something that goes beyond the church walls you know it goes beyond our, our own lives that even the the ground is blessed mm-hmm. even the the harvest is blessed you know, like your yes. grandfather was harvesting bigger chilies than mm-hmm. than the other farmers. And everything changes when there is this this kind of this level mm-hmm. of impact. Sovereign sovereign choice of God to come and visit our land. And we ask you, Father, Amen. just to, to choose to come and touch yes, our land because Jesus. we desire we desire you so much and we desire a revival for, for ourselves, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our families, for our classmates, schoolmates. For co-workers, Father, we desire, and if you're listening, just uh, just agree with my prayer, agree amen. Yes, and Lord. say amen. amen. Father, we desire and we eagerly seeking for the, this revival. Amen. And um, another thing that I'm seeing is this is a perpetual revival. Mm-hmm. You know, the perpetual starts but never finishes. It's a forever revival. Amen. And I really feel that, um, I feel, and I, so I heard from other people, other prophets, that is going to be, a revival that's go- that is going to lead to the second coming of Amen. Jesus, to the kingdom Amen. of Jesus fully manifested, because we know that the kingdom of God is at hand, yes. but we couldn't, we're not going to be able to see it's at hand. Mm-hmm. It's going to be here. It's, it has a, it's a wave that brings the king mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. I, Jesus is already here, right? Amen. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You know, I'm talking about the millennial. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the thousand years. Yes. And I, it's not a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing that is going to happen mm-hmm. soon and very soon <laughs> no, my dad always says that you know he says that's why i think you know maybe god's preparing is taking a little bit longer that this move of god that's going to happen was not going to stop like you know pensacola yeah. all these other ones that started and stopped you know yeah. but this move of god is going to continue until the coming of the lord you know yes yeah and i was um uh reading maybe zechariah i'm so bad but i was reading today that Oh, it's also in Hebrew. I'm sure it's in Hebrew that it was saying that no longer we will instruct our neighbor and we will say, know the Lord, because everybody will know the Lord. Mm. No, it's going to come a time that everybody is going to be on the mouth of everybody, Mm -hmm. the name of Mm -hmm. Jesus. And we are so... uh, Another thing I wanted to ask you, um, you were there. So there were many protesters, Mm -hmm. you know, many Mm -hmm. people protesting Mm -hmm. at the event. Did you see that? I kind of missed it because I was interviewing somebody there. Yeah, no, I was in the front, you know, and actually one guy... They came, they were kids, so you want... Families. You know, yeah, families, you know. 
And right in the middle of the altar call, suddenly they started standing up and, you know, and this, this was happening all through the night. But, you know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, it says, you know, they will, you know, tribulation will come. They will do this for, for you, you know, taking the name of Jesus for my name's sake, it says, you know, they will trouble you. They think that they're doing the right thing. You know, yeah. a lot of times, you know, they were, you, I, I really think they were sincere in their yeah, intentions. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they were like stopping these people from, you know, it's, uh, for sinning. We know. are preventing them from helping them. <laughs> and it's very interesting. I was driving. What were they yelling? What they They were saying, this is, I mean, you know, repent and, you know, this is not revival. I heard this one guy shout, this is not revival. <laughs> and my son Isaac sitting in the back says, Dad, did you hear that? He said, this is not revival. How dare he, Daddy? <laughs> so I told him, no, this is exactly what revival feels like and looks like. Mm-hmm. Because I be, I've been in there, you know, meetings. I've been in the 100,000 gatherings. I've been seeing, you know, the power of God move and people going to the front and the presence of God moving in a mighty way, you know? People getting healed, delivered, set free. Hindus coming to Christ, you know? And at the same time, kids laughing and praying and we're just, you know, we're not having a good time, you know, friends meeting each other. So I was saying, no, this is exactly revival. Uh-huh. This is, you know, what that man saying is not of God. That's demonic. You know, the enemy is mm-hmm. trying to, so, you know, people think, oh, jumping up and down is not revival. But that's true. That's not just revival. But that's a piece of it. You yes, know? it's There's a consequence. Joy. So, yeah, know. you know, joy. So I think uh, I was kind of um, surprised, but I don't think we should be. The Bible says in Matthew 24, it says, all these things will come, but let your heart not be troubled. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's teaching us people will be deceived. That's the first thing he says. There's going to be a great deception in the body of Christ. There's a great deception. And that's the biggest thing that we have they to think They were Christians. Of. Right, that these protesters were Christians. Christians, yeah. And, yeah. you know, they felt like they were doing the right thing by coming and yeah, yeah. protesting and, you know, speaking the truth. But they were in, you know, they were not in, in line with the truth of God. You know, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, if they, the Bible says, but they did not love the truth. So God gave them over to the delusions. You know, mm-hmm. Thessalonians 2, I think it says that they were, they did not love the truth. Though loving the truth is so central, even, um, you know, in all the move of God, as we are seeing, is that we have to make sure that we love the truth. Because mm-hmm. if you don't love the truth, you know, God is handing them over to delusions. Uh, and I wanted to share this one thing about very significant thing that happened in Houston. Happened in uh, several years back, probably four or five years back. Pastor of the First Baptist Church, his name is um, John Bassania. Have you heard of his name? Mm-hmm. Now, he was the uh, pastor before he handed over to the current pastor. When he took over the church or when he left the church, it was over 30,000 people. At one point, it was the largest church in America. And so Pastor John Bassania had called for a gathering of prayer leaders in his in his church. Um, he had already retired, but he was still the, one of the, mm-hmm. um, you know, the retired ministers, lay ministers there. So a bunch of us were down, downstairs praying in that room. And Pastor Ricky Bradshaw, several people were leading that. We were all praying. And then at the end, we were going to have a time of communion. So we all held hands and uh, we were going to pray. And then, you know, just a couple of people said, you know, this is what I feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And the Lord kept telling me, I want you to uh, share about my presence that's here. You know, we had uh, such a presence of God was there, you know. And, and I just opened my mouth and I told everybody, I said, you know, we are here today. We are experiencing such a presence of God because of the unity that's in this room. I said, to the right of me is this Methodist lady uh, who's a pastor, who's a leader. And on the left of me is this Lutheran pastor. And here I am between them, an extreme charismatic. And, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know so here we are. We are having such a great presence of God because of we are all different, but we are united in this place. Mm-hmm. I shared that, and then as soon as I shared that, this Pastor Bissani, I had never met him before. I've always heard of him, you know, like one of the great men of God in this region. And he says, I want that extreme charismatic to come here. He says, <laughs> charismatic, <laughs> bring him here. <laughs> so I come up there, and uh, he starts tearing up, and he starts saying, I want to apologize to you. You know, as a point person for the charismatic church, I was the one that was kicking out people from my church who spoke in tongues. And uh-huh. I was responsible for kicking out so many people. And later on, Pastor Ricky Bradshaw said that he was responsible for even getting John Osteen, the pastor, father mm-hmm. of Joel Osteen, out of the Baptist church. There was such a, um, you know, in that place, he started talking about weeping and crying and he was you know there was such a presence of god and i started you know confessing saying you know what sometimes the charismatic things that oh we know everything We're better <laughs> uh, we are talking in tongues so you guys don't know anything yeah, you don't, don't know, know you don't know the spirit you know yeah. so and i was confessing from our standpoint and we just started weeping right there kneeling down and there was such a peace and presence of god 
And then all the people that we took community together. It was just such a... And wow. Pastor Ricky Bradshaw, there was probably like 60 or 70 leaders there. And he said, this was a moment in history in Houston that something shifted, you know. And um, at that point, what happened was Pastor Bassanio had a huge lump in his throat. And at that point, one guy was sitting there. He said, Pastor Bassanio, can we pray for you? What's on your throat? And he says, um, you know, I have not told anybody other than my family, but this is cancer. The doctor's given us like six months to live, something like that. Oh, wow. And, but Pastor Ricky Bracha said something. He said, if God has heard us today, he will heal Pastor Bassanio. That there's such unity in this place right now. We are Methodists, we are Baptists, we are Lutheran, we are Charismatics, we are, you know, whatever, you know, uh, every kind of Christian here believing in the name of Jesus because we have come together. If God has heard our prayers, he will heal him. Now, that man was totally healed, you know. Amen. You know, one month later, Pastor, he came to Ricky Bradshaw's office and he said, you know, he was totally healed. This thing had totally gone down, you know. Praise so God. I felt there was, uh, you know, those healing that needs to happen across the body of Christ. Mm-hmm across races, you know, that God wants to bring. Yes, yes. And heal us, you know. And those are things that I believe are stepping stones to the move of God and the presence of God and the peace of God. Because when the move of God happens, we we have to know who's who in the zoo. Like, you know, we need to know what's your role. We can't be having people that will be jumping lines. You know, we have to know. It's like, if that, that's very good. I see that in India all the time. It's like the leadership of India is like people will be in their positions. You are doing this. You are doing this, you know, different, different hours. Because we need every one of us, you know, in their lanes, you know. Pastor Doug mm-hmm. would always say, you know, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, you know. That we are in our lane, then when the move of God happens, we're all in our lanes and we're able to move forward as one united army Amen. and see the move of God. Wow, that's a, that's amazing how Amen. people are getting together. And like you said, Houston is such a united mm-hmm. united city. We have people from all over the country, just in my street, uh, we have a Nigerian family, we are Italians, we have two Chinese family, a Mexican family on the other side of the street, <laughs> an African-American, two couple, two African-Americans families, and then somebody from Vietnam. So wow. we, ha- we are so different. We love one another. I don't know if they share the same, but there is a good, um, good atmosphere, you Amen. know, because this is what Houston has, a good atmosphere. And I really feel, you know, there is a lot of healing that needs to happen with the African-American community. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of that. And God is um, touching our hearts. And um, now I say the African-American community, the white community, and uh, I am just the, 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 the link, you know, mm-hmm. because I am half African-American and half Italian. So. Wow. Um, there, but there is a lot of that. Being raised in another country makes me unique, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I don't feel part of this or that because mm-hmm. I was raised in a different mentality, different culture. I've been kind of, have been poisoned on one side and there are still scars from the past mm-hmm. that need to be healed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is still that. We, we cannot ignore the suffering of the African-Americans community because there, slavery really happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and uh, it's good, you know, that we can talk about it openly and mm-hmm. see where, how can we meet? How can we forgive each other mm-hmm. for, for good, you know, and we put this behind us. So the Houston is the right city. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, God needs to deal with, I mean, God is dealing with the heart, mm-hmm. you know. So we need to be having a healthy heart. As If you think of the body of Christ as one like Houston, Body of Christ One. And the heart has to be healthy, you know, because all the things come are, are the issues mm-hmm. of the heart. Proverbs 4.23, so everything, so guard your heart. So we have to really bring forth healing and we have to speak it out. You know, that's what we did when we had our event with uh, Eddie James, you know. We mm-hmm. talked about a racial healing that was because mm-hmm. of what happened during the, you know, elections and a lot of things that happened. Unity on one side, you know, certain, you know, uh, people, you know, certain things was not, you know, together as the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So we were bringing that up and there was such a presence of God, peace of God. I feel like, but that needs to happen. The heart has to be healed. Yes. And for the man to be ready to move into the, mm-hmm. in the fullness of God. Otherwise, it's going to be pockets. We're going to see this, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, the hand is healthy. The You know, the eyes are healthy. But then the whole man is not healthy, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so I true. think we need to see the whole man healthy mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we can see the That's true. fullness of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know we talked about this a little bit before. I know that you lost some family members during mm-hmm. this pandemic. And mm-hmm. so what's going on? So what's going on in your country? So, so in this, um, you know, just uh, I was just, um, as I mentioned earlier, 
You know, just in my family, we live in the southern uh, tip of India, which is called Tamil Nadu, which in, in technically they are not even red. You know, they're in that orange range, you know, mm. in terms of the, you know, severe severity of what's happening across India. But people that we know, uh, in just in my family, in the last few uh, weeks, we have lost four family members. Just this last week, my father's sister passed away. Mm. And just three days before that, her son was only 55 years old, passed away. Wow. He had called and left a message for me about a, a week and a half back. Mm. And I had called him back, but he did not pick up the phone. But then he had left a message for me again, which I didn't listen to. Then on Monday morning, not last Monday, I get a text from his son on the same phone. It says, Daddy is no more. And I was like, what are you talking wow. about? You know, so I just called him and it's like, yes. And I looked at the message he had left for me like three days before that, that he was bre- he was having trouble breathing. I want to tell you like, you know, what's happening. Of course, media is totally covering up. We're not seeing the news that we are seeing, you know. We're seeing some videos where bodies are being are floating on the Ganges River, oh, you know. They don't even have places to bury them. So it's really mm. a very, very uh, horrible time for India that, that God's people, we really need to pray. and But so much prayer is going on, but we really need to help in any ways we possibly can. Um, you know, what's happening is there's no oxygen, there's no beds. That's the number ah, one so thing. So the healthcare system so is collapsing. totally collapsed, you know. It's not able to, it doesn't have the, the capacity to handle this this influx of people with the COVID. Yeah, that, that was the same issue that Italy had. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah. I had a friend last Sunday night, I was talking, his mother-in-law had passed away and they were saying, that his son had his his mother in the car driving from hospital to hospital. This is fourth largest city, man, you know, where the tech, high-tech companies are all there. You know, it's all a high-tech city. But guess what? There's no hospitals. There's no beds. They were going from hospital to hospital to hospital looking for a bed, and they didn't have a place. And his she died in the car. My she could not breathe. So they're selling oxygen through, like, different, like, in, in uh, stores now. Like, like literally, because there's no hospital beds, people are able to go buy oxygen and they can come back home and they can, you know, do the treatment care of themselves, themselves oh. because there's absolutely no oxygen, you know. So, but also at the same time, you see the politically, the leaders have, you know, so suppressed the news. They don't want anybody to know, but they've really messed up in terms of what's what they've done is they have spent on other things. What happened was the government, the, the government said that they have beat COVID. You know, this happened like a couple months back or a month back. They they beat COVID and they took all the vaccine vaccines and they have given to other countries, you know, oh. just imagine, with the, you know, they're thinking, oh, we have beat COVID, we don't need this. And now guess what? All these kind of My things are goodness. happening, you know? So the news that we are getting is they're saying whatever you're hearing in the media times 10 put times 10 that's like the minimum My because there goodness. was this one city this this reporter this one city they he looked at the city at uh, the count from this from the government saying how many people have died in that city that day so he said okay there are 10 people or something like that the number was given by the state government he went to every single hospital and they counted over 100 people. So it was like 10 times. He said, just multiply wow. every count by 10. So if you really look at it, it's probably going to be more than what's happened in the U.S. right now. My so just really a tremendous uh, time of, uh, you know, of, of uh, distress and, you know, such pain. People are, you know, India is a crowded city, you know. You, whatever you say and done, people will come out on the streets. My sister, my sister lives in India. So yesterday, Saturday morning, we were having this conversation. She said, people are not even coming outside. They are, people no. are so scared, you know, and to come outside. There's such a, uh, such a time. And I think just people need to be aware of what's happening. And, people, you know, one of my friends, pastor's church, he's in this church, 55 people died. And he was, no, I was goodness. talking to him on the phone. And he said, Gideon, it's not about the people who died. It's the people that are behind. The kids now... Somebody's got to take care of these kids. A lot of times in the Christian community, they're very connected. You know, maybe they came from Hinduism, so all the churches, what takes care of them, you know. So it's a very tragic My time for, for India. Uh, you know, I, I believe at the same time that God is opening the eyes of these people to see that Jesus is Lord and then, you know, mm-hmm. that they will come to Christ. But it's been a very, very, very uh, terrible time, you know, in India. Yeah, I, I believe one of the reasons, one, this is my... Uh, modest opinion is the healthcare failure mm. you know this was also in italy mm. they didn't have beds they didn't have one hospital in every city wow. one hospital for can you imagine one hospital for sugarland mm. can you imagine or two hospital three well houston is so big that 
I may say, what if Houston had five or six hospitals? You know, it wouldn't be able to contain, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is Italy. You have one hospital every city and all the suburbs of that city, they all go to the, that hospital. Can you imagine? So, and they don't approve any emergency medication or, you know, if it doesn't have the approval of the um, healthcare ministry, it doesn't go through. So they don't have any experimental medication to treat people. Uh, they don't didn't have oxygen. They didn't have, and also the society is so connected. Like you're saying, you know, we do two kisses when we meet. We shake hands all the times. You know, mm. it's not that I've seen you in the morning. And I'm not gonna shake you your hand in the evening because I saw you already. know we're gonna do it again. Two kisses. And so, and I don't know if you saw the shape of Italy. It's like a, a long. It's like a boot. Mm. So there's no room for anybody. You know, it's mm. very thin. You all live your life together. And so I'm thinking even India is very mm-hmm. populated. Mm-hmm. People are very uh, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of connection, a lot of um, social life. Yep. And uh, th- there's no uh, healthcare system. Mm-hmm. They're completely absent, mm-hmm. like you're saying. You know, there is a, for a few things, but yeah, few beds. A, I mean, it's a good healthcare system as far as the healthcare systems goes, but it can't handle capacity. It mm-hmm. can't handle, you know, the the a sudden uh you know crisis like this my goodness you know they don't have the ability to expand to that extent quickly like like here there's so much facility yes yes i remember then uh maybe in new york um, when we had the the first Mm -hmm. waves you know the trump government just started building hospitals or Mm -hmm. camps the hospital Mm -hmm. it was quick happened quickly but then you know we didn't even use them but in italy or i don't know india but that was not the case you know mm-hmm. the the government doesn't have any money to build anything like that yeah so there's been a lot of support from other nations you know when the u.s sent a different planes of with vaccination things like that but i think it's really when it when things settle down we will see that this has been an incredibly it's you know i think it's a lot like bigger than what happened in the u.s yeah because all the family you know in our church few families are there in, you know from india one uh, one of uh, our friends, there his mother-in-law passed away on one Sunday. The next Sunday, the father-in-law passed away in the same My week. Goodness. You know, and these are all people that we know. These are just connections that we know in the southern I'm part, so where it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to be not even red. Just imagine how it is going to be in the red areas. My goodness. Yeah. So it's really a lot of uh, you know Twitter and uh, Facebook have been told. To remove tweets and you know things that because this by was the re- government. by the government. BBC, you, you? no, BBC okay. reported this one that any negative um, things have been pulled down by the. So BBC is reporting on the that government in India. Yeah, that uh, Twitter has been uh, requested to pull down their tweets. Anything? My goodness. They didn't say exactly what tweets, but we kind of, kind of, they just guess it must have been tweets about COVID and you know things like that. What's happening? Yeah. So. They're, of course, trying to cover up things, you know, at the same time. Uh, I mean, I'm on a, you know, on my, I went to high school in India, so I have this WhatsApp group with all my high school friends, some of the doctors, and, and just uh, the stories. Um, you know, some one of, the, one of the girls on this group, both her father-in-law, mother-in-law, father, mother, and uh, a brother. Uh, just uh, horrible, you know. So this is all happening within circle of influence that we know. So just imagine what would be... Just multiply that all across India. Mm-hmm. So... So yeah, anyone with connections to India, just we're just sending whatever help we can, you know, just financially, yeah. finances, resources. My yeah, really, it's a very trying time. Yeah, my. So uh, and I, I think um, you know, but I, I, the Bible says in Matthew twenty four, you know, that our hearts should not be troubled, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one of the messages that one of the leadership in India, they have very strong biblical Christian leaders that have been able to steer through these things. And, uh, you know, they have certain channels that are totally Christian, so people are watching those channels. Mm-hmm. And to really, I heard, like, a lot of Hindus are all watching these programs because it's giving them comfort and overcoming fear because so, there's so yeah, much the fear. fear. No. So, really, that's... Uh, I feel like there's so much of eyes being opened at this time, mm-hmm. you know, so... But we need to continue to pray for India tremendously. Oh. Wow, wow. Yes, I wasn't up to date with everything, but I was mm-hmm. hearing that was going. The situation was really bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you guys, if you're listening, you know, watching, and just remember to pray for India. Mm-hmm. And when did this start exactly? Because it's recent, like yeah, it two months ago. They, they say this is the second wave. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, you know, it's probably like... A, 
when so I remember Easter. we first started hearing about it, people getting sick before Easter. Easter. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to look at back my calendar when exactly Easter was, but about a week or two yeah. before that, people started I would say sick. worst case, April 1st week onwards, you know. So mm. not a lot, not too, you know, yeah. it's just a month. Not even the end, oh. the end of May. We're approaching the end of May now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's pretty recent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And also you mentioned, you know, that this started in a meeting. In a so so one of the things that the president or prime minister India, his name is uh, Modi. So he actually gave a statement that, that uh, India has beat COVID. And that's why they sent all these vaccinations to other... So, so India didn't have a big wave of COVID deaths? No, they deaths didn't have the very first, yeah, nothing. Last year? No. Like so they, they, there were some, you know, some surges in COVID and there, there were some pe- that definitely if, affect infections, you know, cases and so forth, like kind of up to through December or so. But then after that, it really came down. Yeah. After mm. December. So they opened up everything, go back. Um, you know, but one couple things that happened was, uh, so then this prime minister, uh, you know, they called for what they call as the Kumamela, which is like millions of people come together to, to worship their idol, the idols, you know, their gods, you know. And so they called for that. And then also because there was also elections. So they have this massive election rallies and they were telling him to stop and everything. But they really did not, you know, they were saying, hey, we have beat COVID, you know, no big deal. We, you know, we're doing fine. So that big festival that they did, you know. One million people. Well, over a million people that, you know, you can Google it, Kumamela, you know. Um, and uh, it's like was one of the main places that it kind of broke off. And that's where in the north, you know. And so that's really, I mean, like right now I have videos that have sent to me that saying bodies are floating on the river Ganges, you know. My goodness. They're not even able to cremate them. They're not, there's people are lining up bodies to be cremated and they're like, you know, two, three people are dead in their homes, you know. And I was hearing this one man, he said, on the same day, this man had come to uh, to southern India, but his family was in North India. On the same day, in their house, I think their daughter died and he died here in southern India. It's like, you know, Two people dying in the fa- same family, just same a friends, family. you know, it's, that's what, you know, just my cousin passed away last week. His uh, mother. Mother, mother passed away three days later. She was asking, where is he? Where is he? And then she also got, she was in, infected and she also died, you know, because the grandson, he's a doctor. So, and the, so I was talking to him and he said, yeah, you know, he, she's also having all the same symptoms and everything, you know. But they didn't take her to the hospital. They, you know, she was already pretty old, you know. Yeah. But that's this is happening across the region. God is sovereign, and He's showing that you know He's in control. But at the same time, it's God's looking for people that will turn. You know, that's one of the word that God gave me. It's like like Pharaoh's heart when he saw the death of the nation, then his heart was saying, "Okay, let my people go. Let them let the uh, you know Israelites go and worship their God." You know. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying that there'll be a change in India that there will, people will open their eyes and allow Christians to. Be have the freedom uh-huh. to pray and worship the Lord. Mm. But of course, we have to stand in the gap for the nation as a whole. We have we have a business in India. Our accountant, the whole family got COVID. And I think she's back to normal, right? Yeah, she's, she's, you know, and one of my other, um, other uh, people that are working, his dad, who is a police inspector, he also isn't, I mean, he was, he had an infection, but he's at home in isolation. So this is touching my. very close to all the people we were mm. in a relationship with on a day-to-day basis. You know, wow, so. wow. And let me understand, there's no freedom of religion in India, or how is that, maybe so, some areas, or? Generally, you know, I've lived in India 18 years, and in our part, in the southern part, and we're in the state of Tamil Nadu, we lived with Hindus, Muslims, everybody, We've never had any issues. We had mm-hmm. such a peaceful. One of my best friends when I was in growing up was a Hindu, was a Muslim guy. People that work with us Hindus and you know we all mm-hmm. respect those tremendous respect. Hindus are very seeking uh, seekers of God. They seek mm-hmm. God, you know. So if you talk about Jesus, they would receive it. They will receive God, uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of times they might not say they, He's the only God, but they will still receive. You know, if I pray for you, they'll uh-huh. say, "Hey, pray for me." You know, regularly our staff because they of, seek God, seek spiritual things. Exactly, they're very seeker sensitive. They're seeking for the truth. That's why India is such a place where so much Christians are. You know, a lot of mm. people are becoming Christian because they're seeking the truth. Ah, they're already on that path, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. so they have a heart for the truth, and they're very religious people. Mm-hmm. They're honoring people. They very much honor. Um, you know, if you say a God man or a you know pastor, they will honor you. You know, because mm-hmm. they give that level of respect. 
But the last four, five years, what's happened with this government that's come in, they've become so anti-Christian. What Persecution Watch, Persecution Watch is, a, is an organization that watches persecution across the world. They have put India in the top 10 countries of the most persecuted nations in the world wow. last year. They're raided along with Syria, where they're cutting the heads of Christians. They're raided along with Iran and, uh, you know, look, Afghanistan, those kind of where there's no Christians, those kind of nations they're putting India with. And I was so shocked to see that. Wow, I but didn't that's, that's know. But that's where the state of uh, India has been. There have been so much. About a month back, my mom was telling me there was a video a pastor, his wife, and three children, all kids, they were they had ministered in a village. They came back home. They took the whole family and arrested them and put them in prison with the kids, you know? Wow. So uh, so it's really been a tremendous, a very tough time for the Christians the last five years mm. uh, with this new government. Um, the Trump government was going to talk to them and everything, but really not a lot was happening. I, I know there were some diplomatic efforts to really uh, kind of you know, bring it down. It's not only Christians, it's also against Muslims because we are the minority. Mm -hmm. um, you know, actually, in the Muslims and Christians actually work together uh, because the, you know, a lot of the persecution comes from the Hindu. Hindu, yeah. Oh. And the thing is, it's very much in certain pockets. In our state, we're very, um, our state, very loving, you know. I mean, a lot of the guys that are friends of mine, it's very respectful, you know. Mm -hmm. The Hindus are very respectful of Christians and Christians are respectful of Hinduism in general. So it's generally a very, it's always been like that. But the last four or five years, this government has come in. They brought these radical ideas that Hinduism is only for Christians have to move out of India. Those kind of, you know, ideology. Oh. They said, you know, this is not for Hin Christians. This nation is for Hindus alone. You know, you guys need to get out of mm -hmm. kind of those kind of things, which has kind of really hurt you know a lot of the relationships but at the same time one thing that's really good happening is a lot of the christians are rising up uh, in this last election that happened just uh, this last month on may 24 uh, may 2nd was the results there were 15 uh, what they call as local uh, legislative like the state elections the state mm -hmm. election they had 15 christians that were elected to the to the state senate mm, so that's, that's really good, good. yeah so that's they're starting good. the christians are kind of waking up and yeah. getting involved in politics that's good so that that's was really good. i was really happy one of the pastors son-in-law one of the pastors we know his son-in-law has become a, a state uh, for one um, one region you know mm -hmm. so the so the, those things are also happening so there's more awareness but i think there's a there's a group that is really against this you know they're very anti uh, christian because there's Christianity is spreading so fast. Christianity is spreading everywhere, you know? So mm -hmm. people are afraid of that in a way. Yes, um, yeah. So they're trying to crack down on it. It's mostly in the north, certain regions, especially this government has become very, very anti-Christian. I, I didn't know this about India much. And if you have heart for the nations, you know, you want to just uh, pray and stand in the gap for our brothers and sisters in, in India. So, yeah. uh, guys, so stay tuned. You know, we have a Facebook page, we have Instagram, so you can follow us there and you can see what's the next episode coming out and what's that about. So you can take a peek of what's going on. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And uh, if you want, you can shoot us an email. The email address is host at faithandcensorpodcast.com. So shoot us an email. Uh, we'll be happy to hear from you. And uh, for, for today, that's all. And uh, Gideon, Sarah, thank you so much for coming. And uh, guys, see you in the next episode. God bless.